The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Or someone you know has a child with autism in their family, answers and support can be hard to come by. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages, as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism. Now, here is this week's host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I am a board-certified behavior analyst. Uh, with about uh, a little over 10 years now experience uh, in the field of AVA, um, and I'm also the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapy, an agency providing services to kids and adults with autism um, from ABA therapy, OT, speech, and even some assistance with all of these new insurance mandates that are coming into the different states across the country. Uh, With Valentine's Day right around the corner, um, and being two days away, we really wanted to go this week with uh, a Valentine's theme, a, a love theme. Um, and uh, you know, before we get into our guests who are doing something that I'm really excited about and I think is really cool, um, you know, I, I wanted to share just some, some thoughts about, I guess, my experiences and uh, some thoughts that have been coming to my head um, since I learned that they were coming on the show. Um, you know, today we're going to be talking to two great filmmakers who are working on a documentary called Autism and Love. And it got me thinking a lot about um, my early experiences. Um, I, I don't know, coming to California about nine, ten years ago, I was a little surprised by uh, I guess the limited uh, amount of supports I saw, uh, specifically for teenagers who I was spending a lot of time working with in terms of dating and in terms of the romantic aspects of um, their life, uh, particularly when thinking about the future. And uh, it, it surprised me because when I was living back in Massachusetts, uh, I lived in Worcester, Mass. for a year. And, you know, Worcester is an interesting place. It, it's, it's a college town. It's also a very, um, you know, middle-class Massachusetts town. Um, but what was really cool about where I lived, particularly my neighborhood there, was that they had every Wednesday night one of the local bars, which was actually a really popular bar and grill, opened itself up. They had karaoke music, and they opened themselves up to the special needs community. They said, this is a night where we want everyone, whether they be on the spectrum, have Down syndrome, um, have some sort of special needs, to come together and have a social element. And one of the things that often happened at, at the events there was you know, a love connection, uh, people meeting, people leading to, to dating or leading to just, um, in some ways, just really deep friendships. And I got to go a couple times uh, supporting 
uh, a couple of our clients or students at, at the New England Center, and it was just this really cool opportunity, this really cool thing to see where um, everyone got to get together and, and develop relationships, and there was definitely the desire for our, all these folks, um, most of them in their late teens, most, you know, the other half in their early 20s, um, to meet somebody. And that kind of threw me off when I came to Los Angeles. Um, and then once I got here, I, I found myself working with a number of teenagers who that was one of their goals. They, they all said to me, I want a girlfriend. Um, and, and one really sticks out in my mind, and um, I, it popped in my head immediately um, in preparing for the show um, because some of his uh, challenges really related to what's going on in the news today. You know, um, I know we all kind of got inundated with, with Manti Teo, uh, the football player from Notre Dame and, and his online romance and, and all of the, the tales there. Um, and, and the young man I was working with had similar challenges. He was communicating, uh, courting his, his crushes um, through online relationships, through online dialogue. Now, these were people he went to school with, um, but one of his biggest challenges were the social norms of what do I post? Um, at the time, it was MySpace. We didn't really have Facebook yet. And we had months and months of conversation and practice of what is appropriate on Facebook because um, it's not the forum to post a love letter as he was. Uh, MySpace was, was not the right way for him to do that. And unfortunately, it led to a lot of um, distress for him. Um, it led to a lot of frustration, not just in terms of how he interacted with this young woman in particular, but also the other kids in school, because it was public. Everyone could see it, um, and he didn't quite get that. You know, I, I, I was telling someone the idea of, um, you know, I think about the movies, and we think about these grand romantic gestures, which is what he thought he was making, um, but then the reality of that. Um, it's, it's great when you have a movie like Say Anything, which is one of my wife's all-time favorites, and, and John Cusack is holding the boombox. Uh, but the reality of that in such a public forum in real life uh, has some consequences to it if the person you're playing that for doesn't see it the same way. And that was something that this young man didn't understand. So we worked on it, and fortunately for him, we fast-forwarded about two years, and he is in high school with a girlfriend. They were high school sweethearts. Um, they were together for about two and a half years, um, and to my knowledge, continued staying together after him and I parted ways and stopped working together. Um, and they were each other's prom dates, and they had this great young love. Um, his mom was so happy with it. Her mom was so happy with it. And it was just this great um, outcome from all this work um, and, and some tough kind of early teenage years. Um, so I'm really excited that there's more going on right now, and, and we've got these two guests who are really trying to get the word out there about some of the hopes, some of the goals, some of the aspirations of people on the spectrum as it comes to their love life. So today I'm joined by two filmmakers who are really the, the two great minds behind a, a new documentary that's in production or starting production called Autism and Love. Uh, the first is uh, the director. Uh, he is Matt Fuller. And Matt was raised in uh, the Gulf Coast of Florida and discovered his passion and talent pretty early on in life. 
After graduating with a degree in film from the University of Central Florida, Matt moved to Los Angeles and quickly began working in the system as a production assistant on a Sony thriller called Vacancy. Uh, while on the Sony backlot, he met director Nelson McCormick, who quickly embraced him as an assistant and mentee. And under McCormick's supervision, Fuller assisted him in two Sony feature films, Prom Night and Stepfather. After the release of Stepfather, Matt transitioned into story development at MBST Entertainment, working under season producers Scott Krupp and Larry Bresner as a creative executive. While there, Matt quickly became the director of film and television development, supervising the development and production of Warner Brothers' Arthur, which starred Russell Brand, and Relativity's Limitless, starring Bradley Cooper. In the fall of 2011, Fuller returned to his roots, seeking compelling narrative and documentary films that challenge him professionally while supporting the betterment of his community. Um, we're also joined by the producer, uh, Carolina Gropa. Um, Carolina is a native of Sao Paulo, Brazil, and moved to the U.S. with her family at the age of nine. After studying theater at the University of Central Florida, she relocated to Los Angeles. In 2010, she produced a six-week run of the stage comedy Spike Heels at a 99-seat theater in L.A. Thanks to her success on stage, Carolina became an integral part of raising capital and managing the day-to-day -day operations for the 2011 indie thriller Break, which starred Stephen Dorff. Carolina has produced several award-winning short films, including Donor, directed by Mark Gant, recent recipient of the indie cinema series Best of the Best Award, as well as the sci-fi thriller The Taste of Copper, which starred Scott Hayes. Most really recently, she assisted producer Steven Berger on his film feature The Pretty One. With a focus on producing feature-length content, Carolina continues to use her worldly perspective and keen dramatic sensibilities to support unique voices that tell imaginative, captivating stories. Uh, Matt, Carolina, thank you so much for being on the show. Good morning, Rob. Thank you so much for having us. We're thrilled thank to be you. here. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Um, just real quick, and this is something that happens often. It's actually pronounced Carolina. Oh, I'm so sorry. Carolina. Oh, not a big deal. Not at all. I don't mind. I, that, you know, the... The, the poor pronunciation of the New Yorker sometimes comes out from time to time, so sorry about that. No, um, absolutely, no worries. Uh, you know, I wanted to uh, to just start off just asking you guys um, where where the idea for this all came from. Sure, it's a great question, Rob. We get that a lot. The, the credit for the idea and the sort of seed of this project goes to our executive producer, Ira Helville. Um, Carolina, I'll let you kind of talk about the pedigree of the project, but it, this is essentially his brainchild, and uh, he's you know he's continued to be a creative and business partner with us in the project as we've moved it forward and taken it you know into the light of production. Um, yeah, Carolina, um, so Ira actually, um, people in the autism community may know him or know his name. He ran and owned Pacific Child and Family Associates, uh, which is a organization out here in California um, for many years, and then I met him and he had come to me with this idea for research primarily for a book um, about how adults on the spectrum fall in love. And we quickly discovered through research that this topic was way, way bigger and, and suited for a documentary. Um, you know, to, when you think of love, you think of something that you see, you experience, not something so literal. So to watch what had a component of the visual um, would have been important. So we quickly realized that 
there is so much more out there on this, and the documentary really is um, the best way to go. And so I, uh, Matt and I knew each other back in um, film school, the film school days at University of Central Florida. And so I quickly brought him on, and I said, you, you, have, to, you have to do this with me. And uh, we've been on this project for about a year now in, very, in various stages of it. So we've been pretty, pretty invested. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, you know, I want to I wanna hear more about, you know, what, what this project is um, going to look like and, and some of the, the purpose and next steps you guys have. But we're also right up against the break. So why don't we take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk to Matt and Carolina about um, autism and love. We'll be right back. Great. Thanks, Rob. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm joined by the filmmakers behind an upcoming documentary called Autism and Love. Um, I think it's really interesting that what you were saying, um, Carolina, about how this started as a research project mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of evolved into this, um, into this documentary. Um, where, w- with that, how has it, the project changed? Has the, the vision of this all changed? And, and I guess what, what has changed about it? I think um, yeah. the main change that for me, Matt, I'll speak for myself, is, is just the, the concept of, what we thought we were going to find. It, it has evolved for the better and um, just has been completely eye-opening. Um, neither Matt nor myself really had much connection to autism or understanding, honestly, of it up until this project. And so to have immersed ourselves in this world and to have these conversations directly with people who are affected by it the most and hear their perspectives and, mm-hmm. and their voice has just been, I mean completely eye-opening and just amazing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like Carolina is saying, I think that the most transformational thing is that, as in any project you embark upon, you're looking for one thing and you end up finding something completely different. And, you know, in the beginning when this was just a research project, it was Carolina and I interviewing people on camera for what we thought was going to be a book that Ira was going to write. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more time we spent with 
people on the spectrum, asking them specific questions about their romantic feelings and their love life, we realized how, how big this story is. You know, as, as storytellers, we're always looking for compelling characters who are, who are complex and, you know, are trying to achieve something that from the offset, it looks like they cannot. And as Carolina mentioned, you know, we, neither of us really had much exposure to autism um, in neither a scientific way nor a personal way. And, you know, the more coming from that perspective, I think as most of the, the sort of neurotypical general population, our impression of autism is relegated to Rain Man and then the few news clips we see from time to time on CNN or whatever it is. And I, you know, certainly never made the connection to um, people affected by this, what looked to be devastating disorder, having really complex, deep feelings that were ultimately exactly the same things I was going through or that Carolina was going through or any, any person who's ever wanted to um, connect with another. Um, it, it was a similar experience. And so we, we quickly, you know, at that point, once all that sort of became conscious in our minds, we said, this is a story we have to let other people experience. We have to go through this journey, bring our cameras with us, investigate and be a part of these people's lives so that we can share this story with others, you know, and, and that's, and I think it goes a step further because it became not about educating so much, but experiencing and allowing um, other audience members like ourselves who didn't have much exposure to autism to reflect on their own romantic experiences and what it, what it really means to connect to somebody else and to fall in love. And so I think it, it's really done, it's really grown exponentially. And, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Rob, we're, we're just kind of in the beginning phases of uh, production. We're two months into a nine-month production schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, every day I'm just, I'm just amazed and astounded at the depth and breadth of what's, what's coming to our lens. It's really just been such an exquisite journey so far, and we've, we've still got a long way to go. Yeah. So, so have you... So far, or I guess as you progress, is this more of a, a first-person account where um, individuals are sitting and being interviewed um, and having a conversation, or is there um, a following of someone within their day-to-day life? Yeah, it's actually what, what we're really excited about is that we've, we've designed this film to be um, kind of the three tenets of, of documentary. So it educates, mm-hmm. it, it tells our audience um, that is not familiar with autism, what it is. And, and it sets up um, why people with autism have these challenges when it comes to connecting with others. Um, and then, you know, the other, the other really important part to us was that the voice of this documentary, the, the people telling the story are, have to be the people who are living it. So it, it is in part conversation, and we are, you know, asking questions and soliciting responses. Um, but that is all supported by a true cinema verite component we, where we are in the lives of our subjects. We are in the room with them when they're on a first date. We're wow. at the restaurant when they're having dinner with their loved one. We're, you know, at home when they're uh, making those difficult domestic choices about, uh, you know, moving furniture around and the kind of conflicts those can cause and the implications it has on their, on their connection for one another. Um, and so it's the, it's a kind of weaving of all three um, tenants there that, that I think is making this a really special point of view on the subject. You know, I really, I think what's most exciting for me about what you just said is um, something that 
the the young man I was talking about at the top of the show, mm-hmm. who uh, and who I was describing kind of his early romantic life. Something he used to say to me, um, he would he would watch a lot of the documentaries out there about autism, and say this doesn't speak to me because I don't see myself in this. Right. I don't hear my voice in this. Sure. And right. I'm thinking of him right now being like, this is what his voice, I think, today <laughs> would be about. And I know then would relate to. This is kind of what he always said he wished he saw more of. People like me sharing their story, sharing their, their hopes and their goals, um, because I am not an early invention. I am not... I'm working through a lot of expressive language delays. I'm working through social, romantic, Mm -hmm. love. These were his day-to-day things. So I think it's really cool that this is a unique, from my perspective, a pretty unique perspective for um, the dialogue we have. Thank you. Yeah, and and that remains really important to us. It's not, you know, most of the material we felt like is out there in terms of documentary work is – from the perspective of someone who is a family member, often a parent of a child with autism. And, and most of it speaks to those early develop, developmental phases. You know, um, how are they overcoming these speech delays, these, you know, integrating them into education? And while that's all fascinating and really, um, really an important part of the conversation, uh, you know, we, we didn't see anything out there about what happens, you know, in their teenage years when they become young adults and when they're, moving beyond that when they're, you know, like you said, trying to figure out how to navigate Facebook or what do I do when I, uh, you know, I'm, I meet that person who really gives me butterflies in my stomach and I, I want to talk to him. I want to connect. I want to, I want to reach out, but I don't know how. And, you know, I, I think that's, it's important for everybody to see how that can be done, not in an instructional way, but just um, to inspire the possibility and know that, that, you know, those victories are on the other side of the hardships yeah. that inevitably come. And, and just to piggyback too, Rob, like what's been so rewarding for us is that it hasn't been us chasing down people to talk to us. They have come to us. They are excited and, and ready to tell their stories and share their perspectives and, and, and anxious for it, honestly. And, you know, one may think we may have faced some opposition um, because it is such a sensitive topic and there's a misconception about people with autism not wanting to connect or be open, and we could have not experienced something that is further from the truth. And that has been just, it transcends everything we thought possible. I'm so glad you mentioned that, because that was actually going to be my question for you, is have there been an openness of people wanting to share, or has it been a challenge to get participants? So I'm really excited that so many people are excited to share their story. Yeah, it it, it really has been so heartwarming, because it's not only... Um, not only in the sheer number of people who have been eager to participate, but the real open and honest approach and relationship that they've been willing to build with us. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I'd be comfortable with somebody coming into my life for nine months and asking me about my relationships and how do I feel about this person and what is sex like and, you know, where is this relationship going? Those are all very personal things. And, and everybody who has been a part of our project has been committed to embracing an honest dialogue and, and a very candid dialogue with us in service of this kind of greater objective of, of you know, they, they oftentimes say, God, when I, was, when I was young, I really wished that I had uh, somebody who I could, I could watch and see go through this stuff. And so I think that 
that's often where it comes from is wishing that they had this kind of uh, this kind of uh, media to look at when they were when they were younger. But it's certainly inspiring and it's very brave. And uh, yeah, I think it's all gonna all gonna work in its way into something that's really very compelling. Wow, I mean that's I. Yeah, I think that what you just said about I wish I had some when I was younger I wish I had someone who I could watch or see what they were going through. I I just think that that impact is going to be really really powerful and really really important I, for a lot of kids. I agree. I, I totally agree. And I, I and I just want to highlight again that I think you know Caroline and I said from the beginning that uh, we're going to feel like we've really done our jobs in making this movie if somebody sits down to watch it and ten minutes into the movie. They forget about the labels. They forget that they are watching um, people who are on the spectrum, and they just connect with them as people, and they watch a love story unfold. Mm. And, and that's what makes this particularly special because it, it serves the two fronts. It's the person who has been diagnosed and is struggling with those issues, but it's also the person who you know, wants, to, wants to explore love, somebody who wants to understand more deeply what connecting with another is about. Yeah, and I think to to that point, I think it's going to be great for our community, um, for people who maybe don't know a whole lot about autism, to be able to mm-hmm. go through that experience, to to mm-hmm. hear the label that starts, but ten minutes in, like you said, forget, because I think mm-hmm. right now, given certain events in the news, you know, things that happened in in Newtown and and some misperceptions about autism and Aspergers that mm-hmm. you know I've heard, you know this. This is a very different side from everything that, um, or some of the negative stereotypes that have come out of that. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, a very much needed piece for folks who maybe don't know a ton about autism to see. You maybe know Rain Man, and maybe you know Newtown. Right, right, right. So, you know, by and large, very, um, very negative impressions yeah. of you know of, of people on the spectrum, and and it just couldn't be further from the truth. So. Yeah, we really do hope that that they see this and it, and it does shift the conversation and the and the general knowledge base in a positive direction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that I I know from um from the feedback of a lot of folks I've heard, I think that's going to be uh, another great outcome of this is just to to be able to have a different perspective because um the I think the awareness is, is very much defined maybe in our autism community, but to those other levels or those other layers, whether it be neighbors, um, people who are just maybe coworkers who aren't aware or future employers or, or et cetera. It's just, it's going to be, I think, really, really, really impactful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it was... Go ahead, Carolina. Were you going to say something? Oh, there? no, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just so excited to be like if people ask me, oh my gosh, but you, you you haven't been affected by autism in your life and you, you don't know anyone with autism. And that is so true. But the more I get into this project and the more we spend time with these people, like the more I feel so connected and so inspired by them to just on a personal level, you know, become a better person and look at my own conceptions, misconceptions of humanity and connection. It's like such a bigger thing on a personal level for me that just every time we talk about the project, I just get like filled with, I don't know, glee and, and love. It's such a beautiful emotion, and I'm so lucky and so blessed to be a part of this project. And that's really where where I was at, which is a bit unrelated. Um, 
But, but yeah. But, but it is to a, a bigger point. Carolina and I talked a lot about this at, at the beginning of the project, and we wanted to make sure that, that this project had the utmost credibility and was conducted with integrity and honesty. And we, we worried a lot about, you know, our, our, our implications or our lack, their, lack of experience um, as an implication in the project, meaning we didn't want people to think of us as wolf in sheep's clothing, people coming in to exploit and just uh, – and, and, and dig into a community that we were not a part of for a film that we were trying to make. And we realized that that was actually our, our perspective, our lack of knowledge was really an asset because most yeah. of our audience is going to be coming into the film not knowing anything. And, and they are, by and large, going to be experiencing this story and these subjects through our eyes. And so the more uh, congruent our perspectives are with theirs from the beginning, the more information and the more transformational I think this project can be for those who have yet been unaware or unaffected. Yeah, that that makes that makes perfect sense. I, I could totally see that. Um, well, we're, we're right up against another commercial, so let's take another commercial break, and then I'd I'd love to talk more about uh, some of the things you guys have have seen or heard so far. Uh, so we'll talk about that when we come back from this. Great. Sure. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Rob Haupt, your host, and I'm joined by Matt Fuller and Carolina Gropa, who are the filmmakers behind Autism and Love. Um, you know, I'm really curious guys to find out some of the some of the things you've seen so far some of the things you've heard so far um, are there any just really compelling stories or or, um, or things you've gotten to observe um, in these first two months of filming 
Yeah, absolutely. I um, I'm as as you're asking, Rob. I'm trying to sort of uh, keep keep a few cards close to the vest because I don't want to spoil anything. Absolutely. Uh, for the actual documentary, but I will say just in in general that what we have seen is um, really we've seen every sort of range of the experience. We have subjects who are just frankly don't don't know what to do. There's there's a very deep burning desire in them to. Um, have a girlfriend, uh, and, you know, and find that relationship. And they're in earnest, they're online dating, they're going out, they're, they're pushing themselves to talk to the barista at Starbucks. They're out there on the bus making conversation with the girl they're sitting next to, and they're, they're pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone to really make those things happen. And, and, you know, some of those subjects up until this point, you know, being pretty early in our production have, have not, achieved what they're they're trying to they haven't materialized any relationships and it's and it's up until this point just been um frustrating and and you know they're they're still in the process of it all and and that's that's sometimes tough to watch on camera and and it's very um it's cathartic in a way because you know i can certainly relate to those frustrations and perceived failures and then you know on the other end we have couples who have been in seven-year monogamous relationships they live together and they're they own a home together and you know, the, the nuances of, of those relationships are fascinating because, you know, both of those partners have very unique needs and very unique um, desires and, and uh, need certain things out of the relationship. And, and the, the, the nuances of all that are, are very fascinating, needing, you know, separate bedrooms, separate thermostats, not being able to eat together because um, the the noise of somebody chewing is, is so grating on one of the partner's nervous systems that they they really can never share a meal together. And, wow. and yet you sit them down together and they will talk for hours about how deeply in love they are and how supported they feel by their partner and how passionate their relationship is. And so for me, that has been the most fascinating part is to, is to, to look at something from the outside and say, I don't get it. I don't understand what, what's working there. And then to get inside of it and see that there is something that is really, really deep and, and alive about their connection and, you know, just because it's it's a little different from what I expected um, does not at all mean that it's not as complex or meaningful to them. So I think those have been some of the most unique experiences. I don't know, Carolina, have you, is there anything that stands out in your mind? Um, not, not particularly, but it's been interesting to see um, people um, people's ideals and their own perceptions of love, the people on the spectrum that we've been following, be challenged by other people um, also mm. with, with um, autism. And so that has been really fascinating um, just to hear different perspectives. Uh, I, you know, for example, from a, a male perspective and a female perspective on the concept of love and on connecting and just, just getting some of that in there has been, um, has been great to see. Um, you know, there's not many women on the spectrum. I'm particularly, as a woman, very interested when there is to talk to them and, and meet them and just get their perspective on everything. And so that has been quite interesting to observe as well. Yeah. I think I, along those lines, you know, relatively recently we've, we've had a relationship that was materializing in front of the camera and the, the perspectives on it were very different. One perspective was that they were a couple and together and dating. And the other perspective was quite the opposite. That it, was, wow. it was, you know, uh, very different from that. And so um, watching, you know, that, again, that can be, that's tough to watch sometimes because 
as as a third party, as a fly on the wall, I, I, I see both sides and I recognize the dissonance there. And watching the discovery of that and, and that being um, processed and dealt with is really a very engaging process. I, I realize I'm being very vague because I don't want to I don't want to ruin too much for our viewers down the line, but I think that kind of gives you a sense of the conflicts that are happening um, in front of our camera so far. No, that gives. I mean, I think you're giving us a great sense because I'm. <laughs> if you could see me with my hand like on my chin, <laughs> just kind of like trying to imagine this of, of what we would watch, I'm, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by it because you you guys are going to a level that I don't think I even was anticipating. Um, just hearing that description of just of that situation. I mean, it's. It's, it's, I think it's, you're right. I, I forgot about the diagnosis, even though we're, we're talking about it on this show. Um, that's just an interesting thing for just two, for just two people. Cause that, that does happen in just the neurotypical world all the time too. Right. Who can't, who can't relate to that? Who yeah. can't relate to the misunderstandings and, and that, that entire range of feelings. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's something we all go through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's also kind of, you know, the thing that um, I, I think looking forward to, to ultimately watching this, you know, I'm really interested to see, you know, you mentioned the, the person who is making that effort to talk to the barista at Starbucks. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear about two people on the spectrum finding love with one another, but that other layer, that other challenge of looking for love with someone who isn't on the spectrum. And I'm almost mm-hmm. curious to, to see how would that ultimately come up? You know, how challenging must that be for that individual to now bring up, yes, I, this is something about me that you may not understand that I'm going to disclose as we go deep into a relationship. That, that, that's got to be a really challenging thing. It, it is, exactly. And it speaks to one of the other, you know, primary observational points of the film is, is that idea of vulnerability. And, you know, when, you, when you've got this label about yourself, you know, let's, let's take the example of um, uh, uh, somebody who is, quote, higher functioning on the autism spectrum, right, right? They're, they're, they Most people might not even realize that they, they have this diagnosis, mm-hmm. and, and yet internally they struggle with it, and, and it is very deeply a part of who they are. Um, when entering into a relationship where, you know, you're necessarily transparent, when you, when you need to reveal all parts of yourself to truly be connected to that person, what a terrifying experience it must be to divulge that, that piece that you're afraid you're going to be judged by. You're afraid they may say, you know what, that's a deal breaker. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, you're likely very interested in this person. It may even be falling in love with them. And it's, it's a conversation we've had with a lot of our subjects. You know, a lot of, a lot of them are, uh, the, the single guys are online dating, you know? And so is that something that you put in your profile or do you uh, bring it up on the third date or the fifth date or will they know right away? I mean, it's, there's this myriad of questions that it presents and, and, you know, so let's cake that on top of the already nerve wracking experience of a first date and a second date and, you know, courting somebody. Um, it really truly is a very complex uh, ecosystem of things happening for that person. And, and what, what I'm continually in awe of is how, aware, acutely aware they are of all of those, um, those things happening in their own mind and how, um, you know, those are going to unfold as the relationship does. Now, that doesn't mean that they necessarily have uh, the answers on how to, how to navigate it sure. um, effortlessly, but, but that's, uh, that's what's so powerful 
supposed to be capturing and to be a part of. Yeah, that it's you know, I, like I said, I'm. I feel like I have to pause after every everything you're saying, Matt, because I want to like visualize what this is all going to look like because, it, <laughs> because it's it's so it, there's something about it that just feels so real, um, and and I think the point that you've said a few times and we've talked about is like so much of this is normal, typical life. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about a real, real close friend of mine, and you know has has ADHD and the the ups and the downs and the struggles and the things that he and his wife go through um, with him and some of the things, you know, some of the, the ways he needs to kind of self-regulate or to, uh, to help manage some of his own behaviors. And so, too, is someone on the spectrum and in these struggles, but it's something we don't necessarily think about right away. Right. Right, and you're pointing out, some, you know, kind of the, the other level to what we're talking about here. It's like it's the, it's the one thing to sort of reveal the label, and then, yeah. then the implications and the needs based on that diagnosis are the other level. You know, yeah. I, hey, hey, we're, we've been dating for, you know, two weeks, and I need to let you know that um, if things get a little stressful, I'm probably going to, you know, slap my hand a little bit, or I'm, you know, uh, there are certain situations when I just cannot and temperatures mm-hmm. under 66 degrees. I'm just going to, it's going to be too uncomfortable for me. Or you, you just can't eat gum around me because that right. sound is so infuriating. So, you know, I mean, th- these are all things that, uh, I, again, I think sort of the neurotypical community or people unaware of autism just are not even aware that are issues. And so I think it's really going to be fascinating. So like you said, let that unfold in front of us and, and be able to relate to it, but also see very special uh, special set of circumstances that are that are fascinating. Well, and I and I almost see it too from this perspective of like just looking at some of the issues you just described. How if you can look at them without the diagnosis, without the label of autism, and you can just look at the issue itself. Mm-hmm. How is that to me has some similarities to like I cannot be around the smell of a banana. If there is a banana <laughs> in my house, I will have a gag reflex. Something about the smell totally gets to me. My wife cannot keep any bananas in our house, and she loves bananas. She can't eat banana desserts in front of me, and it's one of her favorite desserts. Is that that different than the chewing gum that you just described? Right. It really is the same. I mean, we, it, it, in, in, at its core, it really is yeah. the same. This is, this is a unique need of mine that right. I need you to honor and respect as my romantic partner and and. Frankly, I'm self-conscious of it. I don't know that you're going to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, God, how tough is it for me to reveal it and then ask you to honor it? Yeah. You know, that, and, right. and, and like you said, that's, that's, everybody's got that. Everybody yeah. in a romantic relationship knows what that's like. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's important to us too, Rob, you know, as we're going through this, we, we are, like Matt said, about two months into this nine-month process we haven't met everybody we're going to follow. You know, there are new people, there are people out there with amazing stories and there's so many of them. It'd, pro- it'd be impossible for us to capture everybody with us too in, in nine months. But um, we do want to focus too on people that are lower functioning. You know, we don't want this to be perceived as just, um, oh, I'll look at all these high functioning people with their, their only problem is in social skills. You know, we, we are trying to encompass as much as we can. And what's important to us is not, where they are on the spectrum, it's mm-hmm. just them being open to 
discussing their experiences with us and letting us in as they navigate these waters. That's really what's going to be the most important thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're still just, to, you know, um, we're still looking for people. And if there's people listening that would like to reach out to us and, and think that they may be, um, you know, interested in potentially opening themselves up to our cameras, we are definitely looking to speak to everybody who is interested. Yeah, I actually, you know, I actually want to talk more about that, what you just said, um, but we're going to take one last commercial break. Oh, I, want to, I want to actually have a follow-up to you when we come back from that break okay. about some of the some people on the spectrum who maybe aren't, um, who are maybe labeled as nonverbal, and, uh, right. and follow up on that thought. So let's take one last break, and then we'll come right back. Sounds good. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're here with our final segment with the two uh, filmmakers behind Autism and Love uh, documentary in production. Um, and uh, Carolina, right before the break, you were talking about that desire to capture um, maybe some some individuals who are you know labeled nonverbal. And, right. Um, and, and I was just curious about that. Is that um, you know is, is that something that you guys um, are you know going to be able to capture? Because obviously it's it's different, um, but it's a different story. And you know the idea of nonverbal individuals using less traditional communication devices. Uh, some of them, you know, often are using like iPads now that are speaking mm-hmm. for right. them. But the desire is uh, no less um, because that language isn't always an indication of cognitive functioning, uh, emotional levels, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it is absolutely imperative to us to, that we represent that part of this, this sort of meta narrative. Um, we do have a few subjects, a, a relationship, in fact, that both of the, uh, the partners uh, are, you know, don't, don't speak through traditional forms of communication. Wow. They use an iPod Touch or an iPad, and in some instances, letter boards, um, to communicate with one another. And, and, and it's, it's just the most profound, I mean, it's, it's so poetic because it really is right there. You know, love is transcending all of these boundaries that, that the physical body can put in front of us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not letting that stand in the way of their relationship. And 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 you know it it doesn't look the same way that um, a a person with Asperger's does when they're on a date. You know it's it's definitely different. The mechanics of that process and that connection are different. But again. It, it it is as complex and meaningful and deep and honest as any other connection there is uh, you know that I've ever seen and so you know the the other part of that is that we do have subjects who are uh, are using those tools to communicate and you know have that really really very deep desire and understanding of what love is and what a romantic relationship would look like for them but they haven't yet gotten there they haven't yeah. yet uh, been able to connect or found the partner or, you know, materialize what they're looking for. And, and that too is part of the story. I think that, that, that deserves a lot of credit and, and needs to be on screen too, but it's certainly part of our, of our project. And, um, you know, I think Carolina was mentioning a couple of minutes ago, we're, we're, this is a process for us. We're constantly looking for people to engage in dialogues with. So, you know, of course, if there are any listeners or, or anybody who has, um, insight into what those relationships are like, or, or perhaps in those relationships themselves, we'd absolutely be interested in in hearing from them. You know, and if if there are folks out there, how is how, what's the best way for them to reach you guys to be able to share their story? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, our, we have a our Facebook page is the best way to to get in touch with us. That's um, so Facebook.com/slash/autisminlove. Um, we also have a, a website, um, autisminlove.com, and you can reach us directly there too. But I, I would encourage anybody to, you know, go to our Facebook page and like it because that's the easiest way for us to, uh, you know, get get updates to them and, and help them, you know, kind of be aware of where the project's at and, and what our, what our uh, where our process is. Yeah, and we're also very interested in, in this journey of, you know, production for nine months and then hopefully it won't take too long to get the film out. Um, in engaging in conversations with people and being accessible and, and here for anybody who wants to talk or have questions for us. Um, We want to share as much as we can about the production without obviously giving anything away about the documentary and what's going on with that. But um, we want to be accessible and we want to be here for anybody who wants to talk to us. And so they can check us out on Facebook, like Matt said, and and, um, and yeah, and keep the dialogue open um, as, as it's evolved for us. Yeah. Yeah, we're in, you know, in the forthcoming weeks, we're going to be releasing sort of um, little little bits and pieces. We're kind of thinking of them as, as love notes, small samples of some of the content we're, we've created so far. Um, and, and all that's sort of funneling down into um, a, a campaign we're going to be launching to help us really cinch in the final resources we need to finish the film and get it out there um, so everybody can see it. So, again, all, all the updates for that kind of thing are going to be available on our Facebook page. Awesome. Well, I... I really want to thank you both for joining me today. Uh, this has been just a, a great conversation um, and, and really eye-opening for me. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. you guys have felt like this is something I had some understanding of, and I think you guys have really made me realize that even being part of the community, having participated in some of these dialogues, there's so much that, that I missed and I haven't realized. So I'm really excited to see all of this um, come together and, and see the final product because – uh, I think it's going to be just educational to, and informative and just moving to people on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Rob. We can't thank you enough for uh, for having us on the show today. We really enjoyed the conversation and 
And, uh, yeah, we hope to stay in touch as we move forward with things, and, and we'd love to continue to hear from you and your viewers. Oh, that would be great. We'd love that, yeah. too. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you guys so much. All right. Thank um, you, Rob. Bye, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I know all you guys listening out there are probably in the same boat as me. I mean, there was – I'm just really moved by some of the stories that, that Matt and Carolina told, and – and I, I think it's it's great to have this independent, fresh perspective. And, and as Matt said, um, the fact that they were newer to our community and, and, and less aware of, of the challenges that we go through, our children go through, um, is just going to give us such a great perspective. And I'm I'm really excited for this this new level, uh, this, this new dimension to the dialogue, because. You know, I'm finding it to be a good challenge for myself of, of how to look at what the future should be for our um, for our kids and, and how to help them get there um, because we haven't talked about love at all yet on the show. Um, when we talked about adulthood, we've, we've looked at independence, which is critical. We've looked at social skills, which is critical. Um, but love is more basic, and, and it goes back to some of the core aspects of relationships and and how to create meaningful relationships with one another, um, how to help our kids create meaningful relationships with one another and, and with all of us. Um, so I think it will be a great opportunity to keep this dialogue going and, and to keep challenging ourselves to provide better futures for our kids. Um, on, a, on a slightly different note before we end, I know uh, I've been getting a lot of comments and, and questions lately on Facebook, um, particularly about aggressive behaviors, uh, kids on the spectrum, and, and, and how do we handle their aggression? Um, and it's a really complex answer. Um, aggression is, is not a one-size-fits-all, and it's just as relevant to, to our community. Um, so what I'm going to try and do out there is put some, some more information on the web. Um, so if, if this is something that's really interesting or, or, or a problem um, that you face in your day-to-day -day life with, with, for yourself, for your child, um, I really encourage you to come on over to uh, our uh, website and uh, take a look at the new resources we're posting, uh, both written blogs as well as video blogs by me. Um, it's at autismtherapies.com. Um, if you have questions, please email me at moreinfo at autismtherapies.com as well. Um, that's it for this week. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. I hope you get to spend some time with that one you love. Um, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week with a, a brand new show and, and some brand new guests. Have a good one, everyone. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you have a child in your life with autism, there may be a lot of questions that you need answered. What if your child has recently...